Happiness is a lot of things to a lot of people. I consider myself a very happy person, but I think we can know a lot more. So I started a study through reading and conversation, and I'd like you to join the trial of The People vs. Happiness. It's taken over 20 episodes for me to figure out what the people vs. happiness is exactly. At first, I thought it was an investigation into happiness through interviews. And it turned into something more like phone calls with friends and people I've met. Uh, here's a special shout out real quick to Stephanie Page of Seize the Good. But we really talked about things like philosophy and other things that make people happy. I was able to narrow things down a bit by focusing on conversations about my childhood with my older sister Erin, and we had a lot of really good conversations. Next, I had several spirited conversations with an old friend, Kartik, and really got to know him better through several conversations where we just talked about whatever the heck we wanted. Finally, I reviewed a couple friends with a newfound partner, Chris Casey, and you know, that was good. That that felt right. That felt good, and I actually really kind of feel like I honed in my format and, and editing style and things with those conversations. Ultimately, I really enjoyed the journey throughout all these things, but I kind of ended up feeling a little bit lost all over the place, really. Started feeling like maybe I should really just start all over or break up the podcast into several different things. It's actually when I realized that the people versus happiness had just grown into several different directions that I wasn't expecting. I enjoyed all of these different types of conversations and I wanted to keep having them. However, I also felt like the original spirit of the podcast was lost. And in fact, Beth told me exactly that. In the end, the solution was simple though. The people versus happiness was not so much lost and out of focus. Rather, I had been recording several different series of episodes and I didn't even realize it. So I decided that with some simple parameters, I actually had four separate series and those series are this. Clearing of the past. Here, my oldest sister Erin and I talk about all things 80s and 90s nostalgia. Next, the concession counter. Chris Casey and I pick films for each other to review. Then there's Wheeze the People. This is the after hours version of the people versus happiness because Kartik and I are going to talk about whatever the hell we want and then we're going to get back to the basics with the people versus happiness this is the core concept of the podcast and it's an investigation into happiness through conversation with guests and a study through books and philosophy and so that brings us back to here this is really the first core concept episode of the people versus happiness that I've recorded for quite some time and honestly I'm actually kind of inspired by Chris Casey who is going to record some episodes for his podcast, C to Shining C. Actually, make sure you check this out, and that's C, the letter C to Shining C. In this, he's going to do a little more of his own kind of monologuing style and talk about things that are important to him. Anyway, though, I wanted to do an episodic review of books and philosophy that are written about happiness from the start, right? And I kind of realized, yeah, I need to get back to that because I really didn't do much of that. I didn't really do any of that. And while I did read some books about happiness, I didn't talk about them that much on the show. So I'm going to start here with a new book that I've not yet read. And it is something that sounded pretty intriguing to me. It's a it's a book called Broadcasting Happiness by Michelle Guilin. My plan here is to record episodes along the way as I read one or a couple of the chapters and pretty much just share my feelings and, and see how I'll apply the book to my definition of happiness and my approach to perpetuating happiness in my life. I'm actually really interested in passing this along to see how others can do the 
the same through what I learn and how I change my definition. So let's get started. Basically, I, I want to start this out by just talking about the introduction to the book first. So kind of as I as I come across these books, I want to read what got me interested in the book to begin with and then start going chapter by chapter, uh, line by line as necessary and, and, and talk about what I'm picking out of this book. I want to then apply that to my own life, see if there's any examples I can think about that it really strikes me to think about and then see how I can apply it to both my definition of happiness and, and how I can continue to, to improve myself and be a happier person. So according to Parade Magazine, broadcasting happiness will inspire you to change your life. So pretty big claims here. And I think that there are many a self-help book uh, that will do the same. Now, I don't want to be pessimistic while I look at this book and read this book, but I will tell you, I'm going to go ahead and give a little bit of a spoiler here. I felt a little pessimistic going into this, and, and I'm really hoping that the book will, will evolve and change my perspective, but for something that I'm trying to be positive about, I actually have some negative thoughts, so bear with me. Let's try to stay open-minded, but I am going to be honest about how I feel about some things as well. So the main concept seems to be that we're all broadcasters, okay? Whether in a professional level or personal level, we are quote unquote transmitting information constantly. So I'm going to I'm going to take a step back here and use a bit of an obtuse analogy and say that we're all content creators, right? That's a modern example how we can kind of tie this into a more modern analogy, right? Literally we project almost every thought and experience we have through social media, but we're also doing that just daily through conversation and interactions. Guylin then proposes that what we broadcast can lead to our success or hold us back. The book seems to claim that it uses research in psychology and neuroscience to show how changing the way we communicate even slightly can drastically impact things like business and education outcomes. In the introduction claims high percentage numbers of increase that don't really make sense to me. I don't want to say they don't make sense to me, but maybe it's it, it's more that they don't necessarily mean much to me. You know, some of these statistics that are being thrown around that maybe sound impressive but also, how did you get to those numbers and what do they really mean? We also learn in the introduction that Ms. Guilin worked with CBS as a news anchor, but turned her focus from the negative to more psychology and researching how changing the focus of the story you report toward the positive can actually lead to an increase in happiness. This change in communication, when applied to the individual, claims to have an impact on improving your brain's ability to handle stress. It can lead an individual to success by turning a conversation toward the positive. Apparently, it can rewrite debilitating thought patterns and turn them more into resilience and growth. You can deal with negative people in a way that lessens their power and share bad news more effectively so that you actually increase your future social capital. Also claims to create and sustain a positive culture at home or work by creating contagious optimism. And then apparently, you can help people you care about the most by moving from a negative to a positive in seconds. So all of these, again, these, these seem like um, catchphrases or, or key hot words or something along those lines. So it sounds good, but again, it also sounds very just a lot like marketing. But, you know, what I hope we'll learn here is that from real individuals and organizations that have used these techniques, you know, apparently it's impacted hundreds of thousands of dollars. Again, I don't know, you know how closely this has been researched or followed, but, you know, apparently there are people who've used these techniques to, to 
to make money. So, you know, we'll see. It's not really what I'm interested in. I don't make money, but the book specifically claims this. So Broadcasting Happiness claims to show you how you can change your life, your success, and the lives of those around. Obviously, it would be great, right? We'll see. I'm going to go ahead and say that I have not read much of this book yet. I really did want to provide a first impression based on the description and the introduction. I did not want to come across so skeptical. However, I did read into the first chapter a little bit and there were a couple warning signs for me. And I, I honestly think that, you know, not prejudging, I wanted to be open-minded and I will continue to be open-minded. I will. However, that being said, I, I am going to reference some things that, that concern me. And I think that it did taint my introduction a little bit. It was not in the future. Maybe I'll, I'll read just the introduction and try to be super positive about it because I do want to be happy and I want to be a happier person. I want to learn from these things. But, you know, in the introduction, we learn that Guylin talks about how she very quickly rose to prominence in the world of television journalism. OK, so she started out as a local news broadcaster in El Paso, Texas, and then very swiftly became a national television correspondent for CBS News. Along the way, you know, she discusses how she had to report on things like funerals, including one in Chicago, I believe, that that talks about uh, how there was a 10-year-old girl who died from crossfire in a gang battle. And here's the kicker, it was her birthday. So yeah, very depressing, very down, very negative stuff, right? Tone here is that negativity got all the attention. But Guylin believed that the violence heavy reporting was having too much of an impact on the audience and that they longed for something more positive. Okay. So she seemed to be having an impact on the community by focusing more on the positive and good things that were happening uh, when she received a job in New York working for CBS. Now, this was right around the time that the economy collapsed again and people were losing their jobs and their homes and terrible stories were all the rage in the news again, right? That's all anyone was talking about. So Guylin explains that she eventually left that job. You know, she was reporting to millions of people a day. She was highly successful, uh, but she had to, in her opinion, to focus more on positive things in life. So she then goes on to tease how the book is going to outline numerous positive things. So she states that a national insurance company was able to to triple profits by changing the way they thought about work, how news reports massively increased viewership by focusing on happiness in the recession, so good things that were happening despite the recession, how managers of a company trained their brain to handle stress better, how a school district raised their graduation rates, and, and many other similar concepts, right? So for me, I'm most interested in what she talks about in that a uh, pessimistic person made themselves what they consider to be an optimist by using a two-minute habit. So what's that habit? But that you know that's that's a good tease. I want to I want to read more about that. And then the second thing that really caught my my interest was that how shifting one's views on getting older can actually scientifically change the aging process. So that strikes. I, I'm 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 good. You got me there. I want to learn more about that. I'm not a spring chicken. I want to change my aging process if possible, and I want to be a happy person anyway. So yeah, let's let's learn more about that. Right now, I'm not going to discuss too much on the first chapter, right? Because again, that's going to be the next episode. I just want to talk about introductions, first thoughts here. However, I did taint my intro here because of some things that I read in the book. Okay. The first chapter is called The Value of Broadcasting. I haven't read all of it. However, I was discouraged a little bit by the beginning of this chapter. Now, I do want to stop here and say that the first rule of the people versus happiness is that we do not talk politics. Okay. We don't do it on the people versus happiness. No sticky floors on the concession counter. Let's face it, politics has very little room in happiness, right? Despite this, I feel that Guylin started 
starts dropping some names pretty early on in this book that could possibly have political implications. Again, being obtuse, this book was released on August 11th, 2015. August 11th, my father's birthday. Despite that, though, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ignore these implications, okay? That's pretty early on. It, it might not be, I'm, I'm maybe reading a little too much in this, basically, is what I'm trying to say. However, there's something that I can't really ignore. She goes on to talk about how her sibling and her in-law both went to Harvard, okay? She then says that her husband also went to Harvard and explains that the reason that their niece is using big words but uses them incorrectly is because they're her sibling and in-law later went to Yale. Okay, so let me break that down again because even saying that it sounded a little bit confusing. Basically, she's saying that these three people that went to Harvard are all kind of collectively making fun of Yale and saying that it's a lesser school than Yale. This is pretentious to me because anyone that goes to Yale is, you know, going to be highly educated. Anyone that goes to Harvard is highly educated. But it's like she's trying to make this kind of like inside joke here where I just find it to be completely unrelatable. And it's pretentious and alienating to an audience when you're really just trying to discuss the psychology of happiness, right? Uh, I'm not in. I'm not in on this. You lose me right away. So I, I. that's why I'm coming into this book where I'm trying to be very positive and open-minded. With that being said, I completely hope that I'm going to discover some things in this book from the research of others. I hope that she she made maybe a little bit of a, uh, a mistake here early on in the book and that it doesn't continue. It's not a thread that's going to continue through the book. And we can really get down to the research of others and what she's discovered through this and see even if there's a couple things that we can glean from this book as something that we can use towards our happiness and the continuation of projecting happiness in ourselves, our lives, and others, then we win, right? Okay, so I'm not going to be pessimistic. However, in the words of my father, I also want to be a realist in some ways. So that's kind of where we are right now with this book. Let's see how it goes. I can't wait to talk to you after I read the first chapter or the first couple of chapters. I think there's only eight chapters in this book and it's like 300, 400 pages, something like that. So it, it should go pretty quick from chapter to chapter, maybe an episode per chapter, episode per two chapters. We'll see one way or the other though. You know what? I just really want to be happy. And so until next time, do what makes you happy. Talk to you later. I mean, you know who I'm talking about, right?